the I haven't really woken up oh, until I've had my McDonald's breakfast deal. And I know this is true because before breakfast, I put my phone in the refrigerator and couldn't find the keys that were already in my hand. Nothing gets the morning going like the first sip of an iced coffee. Get any size and any flavor for 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. McDonald's. I'm loving it. Going to be learning Chidush Rabbeinu Chaim Halevi, the second piece in Hilchus Chometz Umatza, Perak Vav Halacha Hey. And the key conceptual point Rabbi Chaim's exploring is how do we define lechem, halachic bread, and how do you create that in matzah, specifically what ingredients have to go in, meaning the five grains as opposed to other flour-type products. The Rambam says, If somebody makes a dough out of both wheat and rice, it's a mixture, So long as you're able to taste the wheat, you can use it for your matzah. So according to the Rambam, in a case of a mixture, there's some uh, rice mixed into the wheat of the matzah. Uh, it all depends on the taste. If you're able to taste the taste of the wheat, then you can use it for matzah. Now, the Ravid disagrees about uh, The Ravid says that it does not all depend on whether you can taste the wheat, but you actually have to have a kazayis, the minimum amount, uh, which you could eat pras. that's in general the shear for these mitzvahs. So you have to have a shear of the wheat in order to be yotze your mitzvah. So uh, the, there's a machlokas, the Rambam and the Ravid. According to the Rambam, so long as you can taste the wheat in there, you're yotze. According to the Ravid, you have to have a shear of wheat in there. Uh, the same machlokas appears in Hilchos Bikurim when it comes to challah. Again, the Rambam says that if you mix rice and wheat, uh, so long as you're able to taste the wheat in there, then you have to take off challah. Otherwise, it's putter. And again, the Ravid disagrees. Lashitaso, he says, He quotes that the Yushalmi says you have to have a shear of wheat. Uh, that's the position of Rav Shimon and Gamliel. It's Machlokas and the Rabbanan hold like the Rambam. But Rav Shimon and Gamliel hold you have to have a shear. And the Hachi Pasik Halacha Kavase, the Yushalmi Paskins like Rav Shimon and Gamliel. But even the Ravid agrees you do not need 51% of wheat. You just need a shear and that's sufficient. Now, the sources for this machlokas are the Mishnah in Paragimel of Chala says that if you make flour out of both wheat and rice, so if it has the taste of wheat, then you're chayev in Chala and you could use it for matzah on Pesach. Now, the Yushalmi qualifies this. Uh, the Yushalmi says, Masnised lok Rab Shimon Gamliel, that this is the Rabbanan's shita, uh, but not like Rab Shimon Gamliel, because Rab Shimon Gamliel holds, Lo'olam ena chayeves ad dagan keshir. You have to have the proper shear of wheat also, not just the taste of wheat. And the Yushalmi quotes that the Allah is like Rab Shimon Gamliel. So essentially, the Ravid is asking on the Rambam, why does the Rambam paskin? like the Mishnah in Chala, that it all depends on whether you can taste the wheat, when the Yushalmi paskind that we follow Rav Shum ben Gamliel, who disagrees with that Mishnah, and holds that it depends on whether you have a shear of the wheat. And uh, this Machlokas, the Ramam and the Ravid, appears both in Hilchos Chametz Matzah with regard to Matzah and Pesach, and in Hilchos Bikurim with regard to the Chiyuv of Chala. 
So why does the Rambam hold like the Rabbanan against the Psaka the Yerushalmi? So the Magid Mishnah has an approach which is, he says that the Rambam holds rice is an exception. In other words, in general, the Rambam agrees with the Psaka the Yerushalmi that you have to have a shear of wheat flour. But that's only when we deal with other types of flour. But when you deal with rice flour, so that is the one exception where the Rambam holds that you do not need a special shear of wheat flour. You only need to be able to taste the wheat in there. And the reason for that is because the Yerushalmi itself discusses the idea that because rice flour is so similar to wheat flour, so it just gets included in it. So the Rambam held that based on that idea of greira, that rice follows wheat, the rice even contributes to the shear of the wheat. And when the Yerushalmi said that you require a special shear of wheat flour, it only meant it for all other types of ingredients and other types of flours. But uh, rice flour in- contributes to the shear of wheat flour, so all you would need is the taste of the wheat. Now, Reb Chaim analyzes this Yerushalmi a little differently, and he points out that the Bavli in Zvachim Dafain Ches gives a different explanation for the Mishnah. So the Mishnah says that if you mix rice and wheat flour together, so long as you taste the wheat, you can use it for matzah and it's chayv and challah. And the, the Gemara in Zvachim explains that it's because of the principle of ta'am ke'ikar do'oraisa. That ta'am, the taste of something, has validity on a do'oraisa level. And the Yushalmi gives a separate explanation, which is that the rice is subsumed, it's nigrar, after the wheat flour. So well, we seem to have a machlokas over here, and the Ramban already asks, why do we need these two different reasons? So Reb Chaim explains that there's no disagreement between the Bavli and the Yerushalmi, but they're each adding a different component to this halacha. And he says that this, that the matzah and the bread, in order to be chayv and challah, have to be only from the five grains, which could become chametz, is not only because there's a halacha that matzah and challah have to come from the five grains, but there's a second component to this, which is that anything which is not from the five grains is not considered a lechem in halacha. So in order for something to be called lechem, it has to come from the five grains. So since there's these two different components to the halacha that matzah and challah have to come from the five grains, that's why we need two different explanations for how the taste of, of wheat alone suffices. Number one is the Bavli's reason that ta'am ke'ikar, that the ta'am alone is considered sufficient. And that reason accounts for why we consider this mixture here, this flour, to be considered from the five minim. It is from these five grains. But even though we could say that the taste brings it into the category of the five grains, but it's still not considered lechem. This is not halachic bread because there's a mixture of other things in there. So that's why the Yerushalmi has to add that rice flour is, it has its own halacha, that it is nigrar, it's brought in with the wheat flour, and it's considered part of the wheat flour, and therefore this is also considered lechem. So the two reasons account 
for the two needs that we have to only make matzah from the five grains. And if we would just say that it has the ta'am of the wheat and ta'am ke'ikar, ta'am is a very important concept in halacha, that would only suffice that we would say, yes, this is one of the five grains, but that would not create that it's considered a lechem. Even though in general in halacha, if it comes from the five grains, we automatically consider it lechem. But here where there's a mixture, so then we would not be able to consider it lechem if not for the fact that we also could say greira, that the rice is part of the wheat. So this, the reason of greira is effectively building on the reason of ta'am. That because the ta'am has already transformed this whole mixture into halachically coming from the five grains, so now the greira affects that the entire thing is considered also lechem. Now, interestingly enough, the stipler in uh, Kilos Yaakov and Psachim, he uh, quotes that Rabbar Chalavsky, who moved in similar circles to Rab Chaim in his tshuvas in Minchas Bar, in Simen Samaches, Samachtes, and Ayin also discusses this issue, and he proposes the same distinction that Reb Chaim just did between uh, whether something is, comes from Chamesh Saminim, from the five grains, and whether it's considered Lechem, that there is this uh, intriguing possibility something could be from the five species, the five grains, but it's still not considered Lechem. And he too proposes this as a solution to the Bavli and the Yerushalmi's differing reasons. So that's uh, interesting to note. Now, Reb Chaim quotes a proof for his theory from Tosus' question in uh, the Gemara in Menachos Daf Chav Kimel Amud Beis. The Gemara there is discussing the issue of what's considered min bemino, the same species that uh, we would not apply the laws of bittel of nullification to. And the Gemara quotes a machlokas whether we follow the object which is being uh, nullified, the batel, or the object which is nullifying, the mevatel, uh, which one do we look at to see whether it could become the other species? So it quotes a proof from a brysa with regard to matzah. If you mix the dough, the wheat flour, with uh, spices or sesame, uh, it's still a kosher matzah. But it's considered a mixed matzah. Now the Gemara at this point assumes that there is more of the spices than there is the wheat flour, and it's still kosher. So the Gemara says that only makes sense according to the Manda Amar that we follow the batel, the object which is going to be nullified, which in this case is the wheat flour. So if that sits long enough, it will become like the spices. It will rot into the spices. Uh, but if you follow the mevatel, the larger portion, which is the spices, so then that is never going to turn into matzah no matter how long it sits. Uh, that's the Gemara's discussion. Tosus asks on this, what happened to the criteria of Tom? Here the Gemara is busy discussing how we apply the laws of Bittel in this case, but they totally omit any mention of any criteria of Tom. And we have a Mishnah, which we discussed before, which says that if you mix wheat flour with other species, with the rice flour, so long as you can taste the wheat flour in there, you're Yotze, the mitzvah of Matzah. So uh, Tosus asks, why does this Gemara totally neglect to mention any anything about Tom, so long as you have the Tom over here, it should be a kosher matzah. So Rav Chaim says that according to his theory, you could answer this question. And that's based on one other distinction between the different principles of min bimino lo batel, that if it's the same species, it's not batel, and the tam ki'ikar, that if you have the ta'am, then you can't be mevatel that. And this is a distinction which he makes briefly here, but uh, elsewhere in the Sefer, 
a few times he returns to this distinction in greater detail. But the, the basic chiluk is like this, that when it comes to min bimino, that it's the same species, so the principle in halacha is that there is no bittel whatsoever. We do not apply bittel whatsoever in that case. As opposed to when it's ta'am, there is a bittel, the bittel applies to everything, but the ta'am creates, it recreates, so to speak, an iser. So even though the object can be batel, but there is, a, is still inherently an iser over there because of the prohibited taste, whereas when it's min bimino, they're the same species, so then we don't even apply bittel, it's as if the entire entire object remains there. So based on this chiluk, says Rab Chaim, that if the matzah is min bimino with some other object, like these spices, the Gemara says that it might be min bimino, so then not only do we say that there's no bitl, that the wheat is considered as if it's there, but this is also lechem. Because since we don't apply the laws of bitl at all, this is considered as if it's wheat and it automatically has the halacha of lechem. You don't need anything else in order to give this the status of lechem. The fact that there is no bitl means that this is wheat, matzah, and it's lechem automatically. The lechem and the five grains go simultaneously. But if it's the tamki ikar principle, so then there is bitl, except the ta'am brings back the uh, object which is there, you can't say that uh, it was batel, it comes back through the ta'am. So in that situation, though, it does not bring back the status of lechem. It only brings back what the tam ki'ikar applies to. And as we know, tam ki'ikar only makes this one of the five grains. So it, it considers it as if the whole matzah is a wheat matzah, and it comes from the five grains, but that does not bring back the status of lechem. And uh, that's why we would need another reason, something else, a criteria which makes it lechem. So in summary, if you if there is no beetle, so then it's going to be lechem, but if it's the ta'am ki'ikar... <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. Which makes it that we view this as a wheat matzah. So then you need ta'am of wheat. And in addition to that, as we saw before, it would also only apply well, when it's combined with rice flour, because that has greira, it follows the wheat, and therefore it's all considered lechem. So this would answer Tosa's question, because since the Gemara over there was dealing with the possibility that it's min bimino, therefore it didn't matter to the Gemara at all whether it has the taste of the wheat. It was trying to get this considered lechem, even if it was mixed with spices, not rice flour. And the way to do that would be if you say that it's min bimino, and therefore there is no bitl. Now, this proof from the Gemara seems a little bit complicated, but the, the basic point over here is, if we reformulate it from Rab Chaim, that when you're dealing with min bimino, so it's the same species, we don't apply bitl at all, that's a better form of, or an easier form to make wheat matzah because then you don't have to worry about the lechem at all. Since there's no bitl, so it's automatically considered a lechem. As opposed to when we deal with tam ke'ikar, if you apply that principle, 
table. So that gets a, a little more difficult because Tam Ki'ikar will only take care of, it brings back the wheat. So everything is considered as if it's part of the wheat. It's all part of the five grains. But as Rav Chaim has been saying throughout, we wouldn't consider it Lechem unless it's rice. So it only really applies Tam Ki'ikar to a mixture of rice and wheat. But uh, wheat and spices it would not apply to because then you don't have greira. So that's why the Gemara, when discussing that case, tried to figure out a different, a better solution to that based on Min Bimino. Now, Reb Chaim continues with this uh, proof and analyzing this Gemara, and he says that the Rambam and the Raivid have a machlokas about this. The Rambam in Hilchus Chametzumatza and Masa Korbanos reads the Gemara like Rashi there, that we're talking about when you mix the spices in when it was still dough. So before it was cooked, you mix this flour and this spices together. Uh, but the Raivid, on the other hand, understands that it's talking about after it was cooked. He says, that we're talking about cooked matzah already. You're allowed to eat it, the leftovers, this is talking about korbanos, uh, you could eat it with spices. And it's not a problem that you're nullifying the taste of the matzah. But to actually mix in these spices with the dough before it was cooked, says the Ravid, that would always be Asr because we're concerned that you would make it chametz. And he says the same thing in chametz matzah. So the Ravid understands that there's no way you can be mixing in spices with the dough. So it must be that we're talking about when it was already cooked, and then you mix it in with spices. It's like what we have nowadays, uh, chocolate-covered matzah. So Rab Chaim says that according to the Ravid Shita, his uh, explanation wouldn't work over here because you don't need the principle of min bimino is not batal in order to make it lechem. This is automatically lechem. Once you cooked it, it already became lechem. The only question is whether there's a ta'am of the wheat or not. So for that, the ta'am should be sufficient. So according to the Ravid, this answer, why the Gemara went with min bimino and not ta'am ki'ikar, uh, would not be sufficient. But, says Rab Chaim, even though his answer to Tostas' question doesn't work according to the Ravid, uh, the Ravid has a separate answer to Tostas' question. So uh, anyways, Tostas' question is not a problem for the Ravid. Because according to the Ravid, the case over here is that you already cooked the matzah. It was totally wheat matzah. And uh, the Chiddush of the Gemara, that if you add spices, let's say our chocolate-covered matzahs, is that you don't need tam matzah. We have the same halacha that if you just swallow the matzah, you don't taste it at all, you're still yotze because you don't need ta'am matzah. So that's the same chiddish over here in this gemara that you don't need to taste the matzah. So according to the Ravid, you're certainly not going to ask Tosas' question because even if you have the ta'am matzah, it makes no difference. You don't need ta'am matzah. And that's why the gemara has to discuss over here uh, bitl, uh, the min bimino, a separate type of bitl, whether or not the wheat is batal or not. But the uh, ta'am is not going to help you over here because it's irrelevant. It's only according to Rashi and the Rambam that we're talking about where you mixed in the spices when it was still dough. So there, Tosas has a question that so long as you have the ta'am matzah, it should be good enough. Why does the Gemara have to say that there's a no bitl? Uh, as long as you could taste the wheat, so then that should be enough based on the Mishnah. And on that, Reb Chaim answered, as we saw, that because tam ki'ikar doesn't suffice to make it lechem, so that's why you need something else, tam ki'ikar only works together with greira, so it only applies to rice flour and wheat. But the other types of things like 
spices would not be considered a lechem, and therefore it's not sufficient to say that you have tam over here. So, so Tosa's whole question is only according to the reading of Rashi and the Rambam that we're dealing with dough, and on that Reb Chaim has an answer, but according to the Raivid that we're dealing with an already cooked matzah, so then the tam is not going to make any difference, so there's no question to begin with. Now, Reb Chaim preempts a, a different possible solution, which is that one could have argued that the, the answer to this question, to Tosa's question, is that according to Rashi and the Rambam, there is no ta'am of the matzah in this situation. So the reason why the Gemara didn't evaluate the factor of ta'am is because this dough, which was mixed with spices, has no ta'am of the wheat. So Reb Chaim uh, tries to disprove that this is a potential answer. You have to say that there is ta'am of the wheat. And the way Reb Chaim disproves that potential answer is from another question, a stira in the Yerushalmi. And the way he answers that will show us that the first answer is not going to work. So there's two Yerushalmis over here which seem to contradict each other. One is a Yerushalmi in Chala, which discusses a machlokas between Rav Hila and Rav Huna in a case where you have Chala, which tastes like wheat, so you do have the taste of wheat. Do you also need a majority of wheat or not? So Rav Huna maintains that if you have the taste of wheat, you don't need a majority of wheat. And the Yushalmi asks from a Mishnah, which says that if you mixed the dough with other spices, other species, so then you need both a majority of wheat and the taste of wheat. So Rav Huna distinguishes between other species and rice. When it comes to rice, you only need the taste of the wheat, right? because we said that rice connects with the wheat, uh, whereas with other species, you need also a majority of wheat. So this Yerushalmi and Chala seems to imply that according to everyone, even if you have a majority of wheat, you also have to be able to taste the wheat in order for it to be considered lechem. Now, the, this explicitly contradicts the Yerushalmi and Psachim, which says that the Yotzu Nematzah you can use a mixed in Nematzah, Afalpisha Ein Batam Dagan, even if it does not have any taste of wheat. Vahushiyehe Ruba Dagan, so long as it's a majority of wheat. So uh, here the Yerushalmi says that if it's a majority, you don't need taste. So this seems to be an explicit steer between these Yerushalmis. So says Rab Chaim that in order to answer these Yerushalmis, the solution is that there's a difference between whether you already cooked the bread and then you mixed it in with other spices or if you mixed it in when it was dough. So if you mix it in after it was cooked, then we would say that you don't need the ta'am dagan so long as you have a majority of wheat. And if you mix it in when it's dough, a majority alone is not sufficient. You also need to be able to taste the wheat. And Rab Chaim explains this because when we're talking about mixing it in with dough, so the question is whether or not this is going to become lechem. And in order to become lechem, it also has to taste like lechem. If, it, if there's no taste of lechem, so then we don't consider this lechem. So that criteria of taste only applies when you're dealing with dough. In that situation, in order to create the status of lechem on this object, you need to be able to taste it. But once it's already been cooked, so now it's, it already is lechem, it has 
has that status. Nothing's going to take away the status of lechem. The only question is whether you can use this for matzah. So there, as we said, you don't need to taste the matzah. You can swallow the matzah whole. There is no halacha that you need ta'am matzah. So there it doesn't matter if you're able to taste the wheat or not once it's already cooked as matzahs and it's done. It's lechem. Uh, the only question is that you're not able to taste it because it's mixed in with other species like chocolate-covered matzah. So then that would be okay so long as the majority of this object is wheat, then uh, we would not say that it's batel, it's not nullified, and you can fulfill your mitzvah with this matzah. So that's the uh, explanation of these two Yerushalmis. The Yerushalmi, which requires ta'am dagan, is talking about when it was mixed in as dough. And the Yerushalmi, which says you don't need ta'am dagan, is talking about when it was mixed in after it was already cooked. So if so, to come back to our Gemara in Menachos, only according to the Raivet, who reads that Gemara, is talking about when the spices were mixed in after the matzah was already cooked, there you could say that you don't need any tam dagan. And as Rabbi Chaim said before, this wouldn't be a problem at all that there's no tam. Tosa's whole question, why doesn't the Gemara raise the criteria of tam, is irrelevant according to the Ravid because tam is, you don't need tam matzah in order to do the mitzvah. Once it's cooked, the tam becomes irrelevant. But according to the Rambam and Rashi that we're talking about when it was mixed in, when it was already dough, before it was cooked. So the way Rab Chaim just explained these the Yerushalmi, you cannot say that there's no ta'am of the wheat. There has to be ta'am of the wheat in order for it to become lechem. And therefore, Tosus's question stands that why didn't the Gemara say that since there's ta'am of the wheat, that alone suffices? And that's why we need Rab Chaim's answer before that ta'am alone suffices to create this whole mixture as being one of the five grains as being wheat, but you still need to create this into lechem, and that can only be done by saying that the rice becomes part of the wheat. So at the end of this whole analysis, Rab Chaim believes that his uh, reading of this Gemara, which implies clearly that there's a difference between being part of the five grains and being lechem, is very much muhrach from reading this Gemara carefully. Now, Reb Chaim continues to prove this from a few other places. First, the Yushalmi that we quoted before has the, the Machlokas Rav Hila and Rav Huna in a case where you have the taste of the wheat. Uh, do you also need there to be a majority of wheat? So uh, we saw before that Rav Huna says that if it tastes like wheat, you don't need a majority. And the Gemara asked from a Mishnah, which says that if you mixed in other spices, you require mostly wheat and the taste of wheat. So Rav Huna, we saw before, distinguishes between other species, uh, not rice, uh, versus rice, where it's okay to just have the taste of the wheat. So Rav Chaim points out that Rav Huna's whole position is based on the idea that tam ke'ikar dvar Torah, that the, the tam, the taste of something, creates it as if it's a full object, min ha-Torah, mido raisa. That's why Rav Huna holds that if it has the taste of wheat, it doesn't need a majority of wheat. And still, the Yerushalmi says that other species, not rice, if it would be other spices, then it would need a majority of wheat. So according to Rab Chaim, this is another proof to his theory that even if you hold that tam ke'ikar, the tam makes this into a uh, wheat-based object, but it's still not lechem. 
only rice is an exception because of the rule of greira, so we view the rice as being part of the broader wheat, and therefore the whole thing becomes lechem. But other species, even if they're considered to be part of a wheat object, but they don't create the status of lechem. And uh, similarly, Rab Chaim also says that uh, the Gemara over there quotes a, a shita that according to Rabbi Yochanan, you also need a majority of wheat. And Rabbi Yochanan also in the Bavli and Avodah Zarah and in the Yushalmi and Arla and Nazir holds that... <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal. I'm not saying you have to love football. We all have different likes and dislikes, people. Personally, I'm not a fan of the avocado. I just don't like the mouthfeel. But, but if you're someone who loves football, I mean, truly loves it well, my sportsbook app might be the greatest thing that has ever happened to you. Must be 21. Gambling problem? Call, text, or chat our confidential and toll-free helpline at 1-888-532-3500. At Ta'amo, that for just taste, you can get malchus, you could get punished as if you ate the full object. So you see that he also holds that taste is like the ikar, it's like the whole thing. So why does he need a majority of wheat? Why isn't the taste of wheat alone enough? So again, says Rab Chaim, uh, he must hold of this distinction between whether it's a lechem uh, or whether it's just from the five species and uh, therefore if it's mixed in with other things, it, it might be considered a wheat object because of the ta'am, but it's still not considered lechem and uh, that's why there's a Shita and you shall me that according to Rabbi Yochanan, you need a majority of wheat. Now, given all of these proofs that you need greira in order to create lechem, and it really only works for rice, not for other species. So Rab Chaim does something interesting over here, and he says that coming back to Rab Shimon ben Gamliel, who we said before disagrees with the Mishnah. The Mishnah holds that you just need the taste of wheat, and Rab Shimon ben Gamliel holds that you need a shear, an actual measurement, a kazayis bechteachilas pras, so he disagrees that you only need the taste. Says Rab Chaim, it's not that Rab Shimon Gamliel holds you don't need greira because he only cares that you have a shear, but he also has to hold of greira because without greira, even if you have a proper measurement of wheat, but you're not able to create the lechem unless you can say that the rice flour becomes part of the wheat. And this becomes clear from these Gemaras and Menachos and the Yushalmi that say that when you mix in other species, it doesn't help that it's just Tom. It doesn't say that according to Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, it's going to work over there if you have Tom and a Shior. But it says that you need to have Greira, which only applies to rice flour, and that applies to Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel. So everyone is going to hold both the Rabbanan and Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel of this principle of Greira. And Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel was just disagreeing. He held that Greira is not part of the Shior. So 
if you have a, a matzah which only reaches the shear because the rice is part of it, according to Rabbi Shimon ben Gamliel, that would not work. But uh, if essentially he agrees that there has to be some sort of combination of the rice flour and the matzah flour, the wheat flour. So given this, says Rabbi Chaim, coming back to the Magid Mishnah, and the Magid Mishnah had explained that the Rambam disagrees with the Raivid because the Rambam was talking about rice flour, and therefore there's greira, and that's why the Rambam holds you don't need a shear. Says Rabbi Chaim, but how could the Magid Mishnah say that the Rambam and the Raivid are disputing the concept of greira when uh, we just said that everyone holds of Gerera. Even Rav Shimon ben Gamliel also holds of Gerera. It's not that the Ravid is paskining like Rav Shimon ben Gamliel who disagrees with Gerera. He also agrees with that. So it says Rav Chaim, it must be that when the Magid Mishnah said that the Rambam's halacha, that you don't need a shear, you only need the ta'am of the wheat, is based on Gerera, he meant that both the Rambam and the Ravid agree with Gerera, but they're arguing about whether the halacha is like the Chachamim or or Rab Shimon Gamliel. And the reason the Ravid disagrees with the Rambam and holds that you need a shear of wheat is not because he disagrees with the notion of Greira, but it's because he holds like Rab Shimon ben Gamliel that Greira doesn't help you for the shear. And what the Magid Mishnah meant to say by bringing in Greira is that the Rambam's position of paskening like the Chachamim is only based on the notion of Greira. Because the Rambam himself in Hilchus Machalos Asuros holds that you can't use tam ke'ikar to say that this all becomes like one food and you would get malchus for eating something which had a taste of something which was usr. It would have to be a shear of the iser itself. So uh, based on that, says the Magid Mishnah, how are you able to combine that uh, the matzah and the rice flour become combined and you don't need a shear of the wheat, that must be because of Gerera. So that's all the Magid Mishnah wanted with that. He doesn't mean to say that the Ravid disagrees with Gerera. Uh, both the Ramam and the Ravid hold of Gerera. The Machlokas is whether Gerera can become part of the shear, and then you wouldn't need a separate shear of just the wheat flour because the wheat and the rice together would combine for the shear. Now, says Rab Chaim that based on all this, we could even suggest a, a different reading of the Rambam, different than the Magid Mishnah. The Magid Mishnah, as we just said, holds that in the Rambam you do not need a shear because he holds like the Chachamim. And this is a machlokus between the Rambam and the Ravid. The Ravid holds like Rab Shimon and Gamliel. Says Rab Chaim that we could even say that the Rambam agrees with the Ravid. There is no machlokus. The Rambam holds like the Ravid that you need a shear of wheat itself. And this, that the Rambam didn't mention that at all, he only said that you fulfill your mitzvah, he says nothing about needing a shear of wheat, is because the Rambam's not telling you the halacha of how much you have to eat. The Rambam is telling you the halacha that even though there's rice flour mixed in, it's still considered lechem, that it didn't lose its status as lechem uh, because of this whole complicated formula that there's tam and uh, there's greira. So because of that whole thing, it's still considered lechem. Lechem, but that just makes it under the general rubric, the general halacha of tam ke'ikar. And as the Rambam paskened elsewhere, when you have ta'am, you need a shear, you, you can't combine it with the other food. So the Rambam may not be telling us anything different than the Ravid here. He's just focusing on a different aspect. And then the Ravid points out that even though this is lechem, based on the rule of tam ke'ikar, uh, but when you have tam, you still need a shear, and the Rambam would agree with that. So 
with that, this is Reb Chaim's approach to the Rambam, different than the Magid Mishnah. Now, Reb Chaim says that this is really Mukrach. Uh, you have to say this in the Shittas HaRambam because Reb Chaim doesn't really believe that the Chachamim even disagree with Reb Shemim and Gamliel when it comes to Matzah. And this is how he analyzes it. He says that the Chachamim certainly disagree with Reb Shemim and Gamliel that you don't need a Shior when it comes to Challah. So if you mix Challah, wheat, with uh, rice flour. So the Chachamim hold that you need to take challah even if there is no shear of the wheat itself. But says Rab Chaim, that's maybe only when it comes to challah. When it comes to matzah, then maybe the Chachamim hold that you do need a shear of only uh, wheat. Or maybe not. Maybe they still disagree. Now, what would be the reason to distinguish between challah and matzah? So Reb Chaim says like this, that when it comes to challah, we don't say that the rice is chayiv in challah. In other words, only the wheat flour is chayiv in challah, but the rice is putter. It just contributes to making this an isa. This is now dough, which is chayiv in challah. So rice plays a, a strange role when it comes to the chayiv challah. The rice flour itself is never chayiv in challah. Rice flour is not chayiv in challah. And that doesn't change even when it's mixed in with wheat, but the whole mixture together is considered an Isa, a dough, which is Chayiv in Chala. And Rab Chaim says that, don't ask, how could you have something which is itself not Chayiv, but it combines for a Shior, because he says that we find a similar Halacha, that if you mix wheat and spelt and barley all together, so then even though the wheat and the barley are not able to be combined, so they're not Chayiv, but uh, you could take from the spelt. So uh, you see that even if something is not Chayiv, it can be part of a Shior. Now, all of this, though, this whole notion that it's not Chayiv, the rice, but it's part of the dough was only by challah, where there's a shear in the isa itself. The dough can have a shear. So there can be a possibility that even though rice itself is not chayiv in challah, but it is part of the shear of the challah, and that's what the Rabbanan would mean. But when it comes to matzah, if the rice itself is not part of the matzah, then you certainly cannot fulfill your mitzvah with that. There is no such thing as a shear of the matzah, which is a separate from the ingredients which make up the matzah. So in the same way that the rice is not considered part of the chiyuv of the challah, so then we would say that it's also not considered part of the mitzvah of the matzah. And the greira only helps that this whole thing is considered lechem. That's true, this matzah is considered lechem, but only the parts of the matzah which are considered part of the mitzvah of the matzah, which is only the wheat. But uh, there's no such thing as saying that the rice became part of the matzah and you can fulfill it by eating the rice portion of the matzah. So this would be a simple explanation why the Chachamim would hold that for challah the rice is part of the shear, but for matzah the rice is not part of the shear. Now Reb Chaim proves this from uh, Psaka the Rambam in Hilchus Chametz Matzah. The Rambam says that you don't get malkus, you don't get whipped for a mixture of chametz unless you have enough chametz that there's a kazais bechdeachilas pras. There's a shear, there's a measurement of the chametz itself. And the Rambam does not say in that halacha that if it's rice that it was mixed with, then it would be different. 
Now, if you say that when it comes to the matzah, the notion of greira means that the rice is literally the same as the wheat and it's all included in the mitzvah and you can fulfill your mitzvah of matzah by eating the rice section too, so then the Rambam should have applied that same principle to the laws of chametz. And if you eat chametz, which was mixed with rice, the rice should become part of the chametz and you should also get malchus and it should be the full avera by eating the rice section of the chametz too. So why does the Rambam distinguish between matzah, where the rice is part of it, and the chametz, where the rice is not part of it? So it says Rab Chaim that this is a proof that the actual meaning of greira when it comes to the matzah is not that the rice part of it becomes the same as the matzah, and you can do your mitzvah with the rice, but rather that the rice is all part of giving this object the status of lechem, but you still need to eat a full shear of the wheat part itself. You cannot fulfill your mitzvah of matzah with the percentage, the part which is the rice flour. And that's why when it comes to chametz, the Rambam does not mention that there's any difference between mixing it with rice or with anything else, because even if you mix it with rice, it's still not part of the chametz, and you still need a shear of the chametz itself. So uh, the Rambam's psak by Hilchus chametz, how you can have a shear of chametz, seems to indicate that uh, the Rambam did not understand greira to be in the fullest sense when it comes to matzah, the laws of Pesach, that uh, rice flour is considered the same as wheat flour. That's only true for the Chachamim. When, when it comes to the laws of challah, that you have to take challah off on any dough which has uh, enough of a shear, even with the rice flour. But uh, when it comes to the laws of chametzu matzah, even though we say that the rice flour is part of the wheat flour, that's only with regard to giving it the status of lechem. But it does not help for the shear that's required. For that, you need only wheat, both for chametz and for matzah. And again, this comes back to the issue of lechem, because a rice flour can never be considered a lechem. Lechem always means that it comes from the chamesh hamin. And the only thing that the rice flour is able to do is it's able to not preclude the status of lechem. But it cannot itself be transformed into lechem. Now, Reb Chaim brings a further proof for his theory of how to read the Rambam. And he notes that when the Ravid comments on the Rambam in Hilchos Chametzu Matzah, he makes no mention of the whole machlokas Reb Shem ben Gamliel and the Rabbanan. He just says that you need a shear. You need a kazai but he doesn't say anything about that being Rab Shimon ben Gamliel's shita. Whereas when he had disagreed in the laws of Chala, there he did mention the whole machlokus between Rab Shimon ben Gamliel and the Rabbanan. So Rab Chaim says that this seems to indicate also that the Ravid understood that even the Rabbanan who disagree with Rab Shimon ben Gamliel and they don't require a shear uh, in Hilchus Chala, but when it comes to Hilchus Matzah, they do require a shear, and that's why the Ravid doesn't mention the whole machlokas, because everyone agrees over there that you need a full shear of the wheat flour in order to be yotze your mitzvah. And uh, says Rab Chaim again that uh, this uh, this whole reading indicates that the Rambam didn't even disagree with the Ravid in Hilchus Chametzu Matzah, because the Rambam also holds that you need a shear. The, the Rambam understood that uh, the Chachamim agree in that case that you need a shear of the wheat flour. Uh, he just wasn't uh, getting involved in how much you have to eat, he was just saying that based on Tam Ke'ikar, 
and uh, the other greira concern, therefore this is considered lechem, but of course it functions based on the same rules of all ta'am ke'ikar, uh, foods, which uh, was Paskin Hilchus Machalos Asuros, that you need a shear. So the Rambam too agrees to the Raivid in that regard. So this is a, effectively Rab Chaim's analysis of the Shitas HaRambam and the Shitas HaRaivid. Now, he adds one final point over here, back to the Tosos and Menachos. Now, Tosos and Menachos, who did not answer like Rab Chaim, obviously reads this sugya a little differently. And uh, Tosos over there had said that so long as you have the ta'am of matzah, even if you mixed it with other spices, it's still a kosher matzah and you could use it for your mitzvah. So, says Rab Chaim, Tosos's shita must be the following, that if you mix the matzah, the wheat flour, with other spices, so then, so long as you can taste the matzah, you are yotze, your mitzvah, but you do need a shear of just wheat. And the, the whole notion of greira, right, how does greira add to this situation at all? So it must be that according to Tosvos, when you have rice flour where you can apply greira, so then the rice flour is even part of the shear. So Tosvos is a much more lenient in this whole issue than the way Rab Chaim read the Rambam. Tosvos holds that any tam ke'ikar is enough that you can be yotze with this matzah. You just need to eat the proper shear. But you don't need greira when it comes to the status of lechem or the status of lechem is not important. So long as you have tam ke'ikar, that alone suffices. And greira makes it that you don't even need a shear of the wheat alone alone, so long as you eat uh, from both the wheat and the rice together, so then you're Yotze. So this, in, in many ways, is different than Rab Chaim's analysis so far. So uh, he explains Tosos as follows, that the Tosos is based on a sheet of Rabbeinu Tam, which is quoted in Psachim Daflamid Vav. The Gemara over there says that you can't use boiled matzah for your mitzvah, because it's not lechem oni. It's not considered poor man's bread. So Tosos asks that uh, the Gemara in Yavamos says that if you boil it and then you cook it, so then that is considered lechem oni. So Tosus distinguishes between these cases. He says that the Rabbeinu Tam said that we're talking about over there a thin mixture, a thin dough, so that once you cook it after boiling it, it is considered lechem oni. But uh, this Gemara is talking about a thick dough, which uh, is not considered lechem oni once you boil it. So Reb Chaim explains that Rabbeinu Tam's distinction here is that if it's a thick dough, it's considered a lechem already from the time that you made it into dough. And he quotes that the Rush also understood Rabbeinu Tam, and he says that when it comes to challah or even making hamotzi, so we consider it bread from the moment that it was made into a thick dough. Now, according to this big chiddush, that dough could have a shame lechem, it could have the status of lechem, according to Rabbeinu Tam, says Rab Chaim that coming back to the Gemara Menachos, the only problem with mixing in other spices is going to be before this was made into dough. Then we have the issue of whether it gets the status of dough, and we have to worry about the ta'am and the greira and all of the criteria that we've discussed, because it's not lechem yet.
But once you already made it into dough, and according to Rabbeinu Tam, that's already considered a lechem, so then mixing into dough is not going to be a problem. It's, even if it's only Tam Ke'ikar, that's going to be sufficient because you don't need to get it the status of lechem. So according to this shita, even if you mix in other species, not rice, it's still going to be okay. It's still going to be a kosher matzah with only so that would explain the Shittas HaTosvos. And Rab Chaim points out that this is basically the same as the Ravid, who he explained before, that holds that the Gemara is talking about where it was already baked. So that's why the Ravid held that there isn't a problem with mixing in other species. And uh, Tosvos would hold the same thing as the Ravid, but he agrees with Rashi and the Rambam that the Gemara is talking about dough. Except Tosvos disagrees with all these Rishonim, and he holds that even when it's dough, if it's a thick dough, it's already considered lechem, and there isn't a problem with mixing in other species, so long as you're still able to taste the wheat in there. But in the case that we began with, this whole discussion, which is when you mix the wheat and the rice flour, so there Tosus holds that we're talking about when you mix them in when they were flour. It wasn't that you made a wheat dough and then you mixed in the rice. That wouldn't be a problem. You wouldn't need Greira in that case. But here we're talking about where you had wheat flour and rice flour and you mixed them in as flours before they became dough. And there even Tosos would agree that you do need Greira because otherwise there's no lechem. So Tosos also fundamentally agrees with Reb Chaim's basic theory that you can have something which is considered made from wheat halachically. There's bitl, but it's still not considered lechem, and that would be in a case where you mix these things in when they're flour. So that's the case where we apply greira, and it would only apply to rice and flour, not uh, wheat flour and other objects. But to the key point which Tosos sees differently than the other Rishonim is that Tosos holds that there can be a status of lechem even when it is dough before it is cooked. So that's where the equation in Tosos changes a little bit. And Rab Chaim ends with uh, one final proof to his reading of Tosos. And he quotes that the Rush quoted from Rabbeinu Tam that you get malkus even if you eat something usr which does not have a shear of the isr if it has tam. The tam makes the whole thing as if it's one big object of isr. And uh, the proof for Rabbeinu Tam is our Mishnah which says that if you mix the rice and the wheat, the flour, and there's the taste of wheat in it so you could be yotze your mitzvah of the matzah. So you see that everything follows the taste. So the fact that Rabbeinu Tam extends this Mishnah, the halacha of Tam Dagan from Matzah to all other cases shows that he does not believe that the Greira, that the rice is anything special. He believes that the Tam Ki'ikar halacha, which is said in this Mishnah, uh, applies all over universally. It applies to Yisurim too. Anytime you have the Tam, it transforms the whole object into whatever the Tam is. So uh, you see that Greira is not necessary for the Halacha of combining things. So uh, when the Yushalmi talks about greira, it must be that that's in a case where you mix them when they were flour and there's a problem with regard to the lechem. The lechem status can only come about through greira and that's why the Yushalmi singles out rice flour and wheat flour for having a special status. But when we talk about in general, once it was already
already made into dough, and then you put in rice or any other object, so at that point it already has the status of lechem, according to Rabbeinu Tam, and you don't need greira, and all objects fun- function the same, that so long as you have the tam, we view them all as being part of the same object, and therefore, according to Rabbeinu Tam, you don't need a shear of the wheat itself, even if you eat a shear of the wheat flour matzah combined with other things, that would still be enough and your yotze, your mitzvah. And so that would explain why Tosos and Menachos holds that so long as there's the taste of the wheat in it, it doesn't matter what other spices were mixed in, you're still yotze, the mitzvah. And uh, according to Rabbeinu Tam, he would take this even one step further and say that you don't even need a shear of just wheat. You can have uh, the shear combined from everything that's in this mixture. But with regard to the general idea Rab Chaim has that you have to create Create a status of lechem, and that it does. It's not sufficient to just have tam. You need to actually have grains from the five grains, that type of flour. The one exception is that rice flour can combine with wheat flour. So Tosos also fundamentally agrees with that notion and he also recognizes the special status of lechem, which is distinct from whether it's made from the five grains. So this is Reb Chaim's analysis uh, at length of the Shittas HaRambam, the Shittas HaRavid, and the Shittas HaTosfos. The key conceptual point that Reb Chaim is developing is that there is a distinction between uh, bread which is made from the five grains, uh, for that tam ki'ikar is sufficient, versus that the halacha has certain breads which are called lechem, it has to have a shame lechem, and for that the tam is not sufficient, it actually has to come from the five grains, the one exception being that rice flour is similar enough to wheat flour that it can combine with it. Now in addition, Rab Chaim touches on a few other themes, he has a distinction between the chiyuv of challah and the chiyuv of matzah. When it comes to challah, so Rab Chaim believes that the shear is not in the mitzvah of challah, the shear is in the measurement of the dough. The dough has to have a certain amount, but you can include in that even flours which are not chayiv in challah. So rice flour, for example, is not chayiv in challah, but it would still be part of the shear of the dough of challah. As opposed to the chiyuv of matzah, where everything that's in that matzah has to be part of the mitzvah of the matzah. There is no measurement of the matzah which is separate from the mitzvah of the matzah. So that's the one distinction between the measurements of challah and the measurements of matzah. And in addition, Rav Chaim discusses when something gets the status of lechem. So he quotes uh, the Shittas HaRavid, and uh, also this is the way he interprets the Yerushalmi, that the status of lechem only comes when you actually cook it. Before that, it's not lechem yet. But uh, he does interpret Rabbeinu Tam as holding that a thick dough has the status of lechem even before it's cooked. Now there is some debate on this issue. Rav Chaim discusses it again later, and uh, the Chazoni held that Rabbeinu Tam only holds that it's lechem as dough when it is cooked later, when it's prepared to be cooked. But uh, in a case where it's not going to be cooked into bread, then it would not be bread earlier. So the Chazunish 
disagreed with uh, the Chiddush that Reb Chaim discusses here. Uh, in addition, Reb Chaim also discusses the notion of Tam Matzah. He claims that because the Halacha is that you can swallow the Matzah, you don't need to chew it. So that shows us that there is no Halacha to taste the Matzah. Now this is also somewhat controversial. There are other Mepharshim who understand that you do need to taste the Matzah. And the Chazonish held that the reason why swallowing Matzah is sufficient is because it's impossible that you don't taste a little bit of the matzah. So uh, that would be a different interpretation of Rab Chaim, and that would affect, Rab Chaim deduced from the fact that you can swallow matzah, that you can also have uh, chocolate-covered matzah, even though you might not taste the matzah, but uh, according to the Chazonish, you might not taste the matzah in that situation where it's mixed with other things. And uh, finally, also Rab Chaim touched briefly on a, a distinction that he's going to develop later uh, between the halachas of tam ke'ikar, that tam is not nullified, and min bimino, if it's the same species, it's not nullified. And Rab Chaim differentiates that when it's min bimino, the process of nullification doesn't even begin, whereas when it's a problem of tam, of taste, so then there is bitl, it's nullified, but the taste comes back and reawakens the iser, it makes it usser again. So Rab Chaim will discuss that in greater detail in some of the later pieces. <sighs> the only thing better than grinding all night for your side hustle is your roommate picking you up with Mickey D's breakfast. The perfect pickup deal. There's a deal for every morning at McDonald's. Right now, taste breakfast perfection when you get a warm and savory sausage McMuffin with egg for just $2.50. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with combo meal.